Hi, I'm Alan Sentier, the Heartful Badass Coach. Being badass is about being the real you, being strong, feisty, confident, knowing your own truth and walking it, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, with a heart full of joy and boundaries that really work. I learned how to be the real me through telling and writing stories, and now I'm a best-selling author as well as a badass psychotherapist and coach. I tell stories a lot in podcasts and blogs and in the coaching programs I do. Being authentic, living your own story, that's being the real badass you. And being real badass is being full of heart, caring. Because we've lived through all that shit, haven't we? So we know it in our bones and we really do truly feel compassion. So come on. Let's do some badassery. Let's change ourselves and watch the whole world change around us. Let's make our lives, our businesses and our hearts sing. Hey. Hey there. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. I hope yours is a bit drier than mine. Mine is very wet this week. But everything's growing really well in the garden, so I'm not too worried. I'm not really very stressed about it. But that's just what I'm going to talk about today. It's about burnout and stress, because everybody's feeling it at the moment, as far as I can see, and it's really not easy. It's one of the big pain points at the moment that people don't seem to be able to find much of, well, a full way through that they can work with, perhaps, but it keeps on happening. So it's, oh no, here we go again. It's that kind of rolling thing. And that's really hard work. It's awful when, oh, I've got a breather. It stopped. Oh, three or four days later, it's back again. Well, in my experience in corporate and in private practice with solopreneurs and team leaders, burnout and stress are so often caused by blurred boundaries. Boundaries are so often at the base of everything. And first of all, I want to just think about what is a boundary? Because it's not the Berlin Wall. It's not a bloody great fence around you keeping people out. It's not a moat and a castle or any of those kind of things. It's it's a line, in a sense, that this side of it is okay, and that side of it is not yours and not yours to worry about. This side of it is yours, and that side of it is not yours. And what happens is that things and people and work and meetings and everything, they cross your line. And they cross over into your boundaries. And so often we're told, well, that's what's going to happen. You just have to put up with it. You just have to take them on board. Take them on board. Take things on board. That's a big one for, again, for stress and for burnout. It's one of those things where we're taking on too much. We take on 
this and then this and then this and then this. And there's no time for us. There's no time for us to be ourselves. There's no time for us to sit back and actually look at where we are and what's going on. It's just continuous like the hamster in the wheel, round and round and round. And another thing that happens with blurred boundaries, in fact, it's one of the root things that happens with blurred boundaries, is saying no. So there you are, there's this line, and this side of it is yours to deal with, your responsibilities, and that side of it is not. But something comes across your line, and instead of saying no, not mine, I'm not dealing with you, this is not my issue, you say, oh, all right then. And you pick it up. So you pick up baggage that is not yours. And oh, well, it'll be all right this time. We have all these excuses that we, we've learned, we give to ourselves. And they're not correct. And they don't actually help anybody. Small aside, when you pick up somebody else's baggage, when you look after them, when you take on their problems, when you help them out in a really quite a big way, very often it can be that you will actually be disabling them from helping themselves. Now, nobody's saying that if they fall over and break their leg, you don't call the ambulance and get everything moving and do that sort of thing. But when it comes into afterwards, how much do you actually need to give them? How much should you give? And how much should they be organising for themselves or people who are very close to them be organising for them? It gets so difficult and it blurs because you know that so-and-so really needs some help and really needs you to be doing things for them and helping them. And there are other people who should be doing the help, but they're, they're not. They're not stepping up. They're actually stepping back. They're going, not my business. I don't want to know. I don't like old so-and-so. I'm not going to help. And then all of that lands on you. So you're carrying poor old so-and-so who's broken his leg or whatever and can't get around, can't do this and that. And you're not taking care of things for yourself. You're putting yourself on hold on the back burner. You're putting yourself in a place where you can't look after yourself. And so this continues and continues and continues, and you burn out. You are so stressed by these things that you burn out. So there's another thing that happens in there, isn't there? That many people really push their own responsibilities away. They may have family responsibilities. I know someone at the moment who is picking up a load of responsibilities, which are only partly hers. And there are other people who are, in many ways, much better placed to do things, but they don't want to know. All they want to know is, you know, when is when is so-and-so dead and when do we get the money? 
and still quite a lot of that around, as I'm sure you all know. So this person is carrying stuff that is not hers, and it's getting in the way of what she needs to do. It's getting in the way of her business, her work. It's getting in the way of her family. So saying no is hell's delight, isn't it? Because, yes, you know the principles of saying no, but when do you say no and you won't help, you can't help, you've got no space to help? When somebody is in a very bad way and really does need help from somewhere, each case must happen and must be looked after on its own merits. Because there is no overall thing that you can say, this is what you need to do. But there is an underlying thing which we all need to think about and work on. Is we're actually not alone from each other. We're actually not king of the road out there on our own with no need for anybody else and no attachment to anybody else. That actually doesn't exist. We are always attached to other people. We're always connected to other people. There is always a living thread between us and other people. This is something that we know about in the old rich ways. And it's known about, certainly to some extent, in a lot of psychology. It certainly was in the transpersonal when I was taking my degree, doing my work, learning it. That we are like these tree roots, you know, the wood wide web with all the tree roots down there and they're connecting together with the aid of the fungus. It's called mycorrhiza, which is a, a, for, a form of fungus, not a particular species of fungus. It's, it's a type. One of the interesting ones, which I love, that is mycorrhizal fungus, is the Christmas one, the red one with the white spots, the toadstool. And those fungus, their filaments, connect the trees together. And they connect the trees together so that each tree can help each other. And the communi they communicate. They communicate in both ways. It's called the Wood Wide Web, rather nicely, www, because it is like the tree's internet. It is like the plant's internet. They communicate. One of them is sick. Other trees come in and give food and water and energy to them. One is broken, knocked down. Trees feed energy in so that it can sprout again. And as long as we don't plough all the mycorrhizae up, it keeps on going and it keeps on fulfilling this networking between the trees and between lots of other plants too. Now that's there for us. And it's there for us physically, you know, to our physical human being, you know, Ellen and Fred and Kim and Vanessa and everybody, we're all connected, yeah? And we all help each other as we can. But like the trees, maybe this tree can't do much in the way of helping at the moment because of something that's happening for it. So these two trees step in. 
And then they have to step back and another tree can step in because the network is really large for the trees. And it used to be large like that for us in human life, in human terms. And now it's got much smaller. We have these sort of isolated island families. And even within a family, you know, maybe mum, dad and the kids are connected. But, you know, we don't like Auntie Frida. Um, we don't like Uncle Sam. And we're having nothing to do with grandfather on that side. And so the connections that could be there are not there. Because some people are not willing to have them and some people are very bad about them and another thing that happens yes amongst the trees the sick tree will suck the energy in will take the energy that is offered but once it's well it stops and it starts giving again what happens a lot in human life has done for the past several hundred thousand years several hundred years maybe a thousand, maybe two, is that we don't stop. We don't stop sucking on the energy that other people give us. It keeps on coming in, it keeps on coming in. And we can't have another sip, and have another sip. And we don't say enough and start giving back into the network again. We've been trained into this I'm going to call it selfish attitude that what's in it for me? I will get what I need out of it and then I'll think about whether I give anything back or not. So you see what a, a wobbly network we have that is really not good at helping each other. Now you know that I'm always on about get connected to your spirit team. Well, your spirit team is much more like the mycorrhizal fungi that helps the trees, except that it's it's not that. It's not a set of fungus. It is a spirit connection. And there are various beings within it. In shamanic terms, they might be your familiar spirit. That's witchy term as well. Or what some traditions call your power animal. They, what some people call your guides. Um, what I like is your allies, they're all allies who work with you. Now they work with you much more like the mycorrhiza do. They work with you and they support you. And when life gets tough and you have taken on more than you should, they help you to both deal with it and Find ways of letting go what you should not be taking care of. Because there are sometimes, as I said, you should not always be taking care. Sometimes you need to pass it back, either to the person who needs the care or to the other people whose job it much more is than yours to take the care. And your spirit team help you find those boundaries. They help you give back the stuff that you've taken on. But first of all, you have to connect to them because they don't, they're not going to get in your face. They're not going to insist that they do this kind of thing. But they're there just waiting for you to say, I'd really like to connect. How do I do this thing? So they'll point you to somebody like me 
who says, right, we'll do this. And this is how you're going to connect. And we do it together. And it's very easy. And I've never had anybody not manage to do it. And look like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that was available. I didn't know that was possible. And it really feels good when they come out of it. And that starts. And then you come with me and we work together to strengthen your connection and to broaden it and to show you what you need to learn and how you can use it to help you. For instance, with your boundaries. Now, your spirit team will know very well what you can take on and how long you can keep carrying too much. And they will aid you in letting go of the stuff before you break down, before that burnout turns up. There are lots of ways of doing this. I help, I'm helping a couple of clients with this at the moment. So I'm not going to go deeply into that. But it works for them. They are able to let some things go. One of them, something happened to his one of his parents, but he didn't know the parent at the time. In fact, he'd been estranged from the parent for many, many years, most of his life, until the last two or three years. And then he'd made contact with his parent again. And the parent was in a bit of a bad way in that they were just beginning with dementia. Now, that's really hard work for everybody involved, including the person. But my client wanted to get to know the parent that they'd never known before. So they worked hard at it. And they were getting in a bit of a pickle when they found me and I started to show them how to connect to their spirit team. And they started to do it, to learn it and to make it a daily practice. And as always, there's ups and downs in everything. It's never a nice, easy, flat road because you're changing. And as you change, sometimes some things go a bit faster than the others and they can cause a bit of a problem. But it always keeps, as long as you keep on connecting every day, you keep on strengthening your connection every day, as long as you do that, it will all get better. Still with the wobbles. So then the parent who's very old in their early 90s, they fell. Now, when you get to being that age, all sorts of things can happen. And you may not be easy to put back together again. And they broke their hip. And they're in hospital. And there was quite a big worry. That, Is he going to make it out the other side of the operating theatre? But they did. And then there was like, what is this person going to do? Because they can't live on their own anymore. They've lived on their own all this time, for years and years, in a big house with a big garden and all this stuff. And they managed just about. Although my client said it was quite touch and go and he had to keep on visiting because, you know, maybe the parent hadn't really got the cooking or the bathroom or the clean sheets and that kind of thing to go in. And he felt he needed to be on top of this with the parent, which was very good. And also the parent in hospital when my client went to see them was actually at a stage of saying, I don't know whether I can cope with this anymore. I don't know whether I want this anymore. I don't know whether I want to be here doing this anymore. 
And they didn't. Although they loved the house, it was their grandparents' house. And it's come through the family. So you can imagine the connection there to that. They wanted it. Although they love it. In a way, in fact, quite a big way, a change had happened with that fall. They didn't want to go back to living the old way. Now, as often happens with families, there's lots of conflictions about the money and the property. And my client, who had not been acknowledged before, hadn't even been recognised or allowed to see the parent before, was stuck out on a limb. Although, as the child of this person, they had really, you know, they were sort of first in line. But as ever, there were going to be arguments. But there was a way through this. And this all happened quite quickly. My client is quite pretty well connected now, getting better and learning more stuff, but they are very solidly connected. So when they found this had happened, instead of getting in a tiswas and a pan, the first thing they did was, where's my connection? Is it solid? Have I got all my protections up? Am I with it? Am I on the thread? They were. So when they went to the hospital, and they found that there's another relation there who also has been neglected, but has actually been putting in the time to look after the parent. And these two said, this person needs to go into a really good home where he can be looked after and properly fed properly looked after, have his own space and have company when he wants it and be able to do what he wants and go out and be looked after and be easy to visit as well and not have to worry. He can have his last few years or days or whatever in peace, actually being able to enjoy the birds, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy his own company, enjoy listening to the radio or whatever. So they found a way through, which I don't know whether it's working yet because I haven't heard back. It's very recent. They found a way through which may enable them to actually be able to sell up the house and the garden and everything, which should make a decent amount of money, and use that money to go straight into putting the parent into a good home so that the parent gets the benefit of the money. We're not making the poor old soul like live in the workhouse because we want the property, we want the money, we're looking forward to that. We were promised it 20 years ago, which some of the parts of the family are a bit in that line. So they started to do this. And in our session, which is right after this happened, we said, and my client said, what can I do? You know, should I do this? Is it actually right? And so rather than thinking it and using our heads, I said, how about you connect to your team? Get in immediate touch with them because he doesn't, he doesn't disconnect. But, you know, there was off on the sidelines kind of things. So get right in touch with them and let's put the question to them. So I helped him formulate the question. Should I be doing this? Is this what the parent wants? Is this the way forward? That kind of question. And 
as always happens, they got some really detailed stuff coming back. And I think they've even been sort of accidentally fallen over somebody who is the right sort of solicitor who can handle all the problems that they want. Never met them before. But on Mondays, they sort of meet this person. That kind of coincidence happens because they've connected into this thread network web, like the Wood Wide Web. So they're connecting into their team, but their team is also connected into everything else and everyone else's team as well. So it's like you're in this great big team of people, of beings, who are all there to help. So it's like ping, 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 ping. And there's all these connections get set off. And that's what's happening for them now. So I've got all my fingers and toes crossed that it's all going to work out because it feels like a very good solution. Now, notice something. None of this was my solution. I helped the person to talk out what was available, what they felt. I helped them reconnect with the spirit team so that they knew what they were doing, what they were talking about, and ask the right questions. I helped them form the right questions. And one of them went a bit wobbly, so I sort of said, variations on, was that the right question? Can you ask, ask that a different way? Have we actually got it right way around, or should you be asking it the other way around? Oh, yes, and it worked. And we then got think, think, think answers like this that really work. There's another side to this as well, which I came in on burnout and stress because my poor client had just come through some burnout with another issue with another family member, which had really screwed up their business. Dealing with it really screwed up their business. It had sort of like taken money out of the business, which they didn't have anymore, and taken time and work. And they hadn't been able to keep up with the clients as they should. So it was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Because I'm sort of stuck here in the middle of a morass and I can't, I get my way out. And then this awful thing happens to this parent that they've only just got to know. So you think, oh, my God, on top of everything else, this has happened. But guess what? Because they're actually helping appropriately in the right way, having checked it out with their spirit team, they've got clients again. They've got work and they are getting paid and there is more on the horizon. So we're used to being told that everything should be a nice, straight flow diagram, flow chart, you know, funnel that works like that. It doesn't always. That isn't always the way. Sometimes, because my client wasn't, in a sense, facing in the right direction until the parent had this dreadful accident, they were sort of like, well, you know, I'm doing the best I can. They actually hadn't quite committed as fully as they needed to. Now, I said earlier, sometimes you overcommit, but sometimes you undercommit too. Some people do. 
my client was one of those people in that particular moment who was under committing. Now he's learned to commit. And it was so easy for him because as soon as his heart was touched with, this is awful, this can't happen, was what might, might have happened to the parent and what various people had plans for to happen to the parent because he was really feeling that that was wrong and he needed to do something about it and his passion came up and he put himself in there and the answers came very quickly and that was like it opened a block that had been there on him before so that other things could come in to him the work things could come to him and he could get himself going on that which he's actually doing which I'm absolutely thrilled about because it's so lovely to see somebody doing what you've said to them, what they've taught them, doing it, and working through what feel like appalling problems. I mean, I think I would be really, really stretched if it was if I was picking up that that ball, that team, that problem that my my client had, and yet. Once they got their team on board with it, they were going at it like Batman. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really lovely. Lovely to watch. So what else am I saying here? And this is still boundaries. It's this boundaries are not fixed things that you can say, right, I do this, but I don't do that. And I will keep keep this sort of thing going, but I won't do that. It's a fluid thing that is happening around you all the time. But it has to be about your own core values, your own core meaning. And it has to be relevant to each moment, each situation where you are, what is actually happening, so that you can be appropriate to that situation. I don't know what would have happened with my client if they hadn't connected to their team. I have a feeling that it could all have gotten to a horrible legal mess and that actually all the money which should be going to look after this poor old man and keep him in the right conditions where he's going to be happy for the last of his days, that might have all gone to lawyers while everybody fought things out. Do you see what I mean? And that is certainly not the moment when you want lawyers fighting over everything and taking all the money with them. It's where you want things to fall out and come out to help the person who needs the help. And my client's team showed him the way forward, step by step by step. And instead of trying to think it all out or logicize it or decide whether that actually made sense to his head, he just did the steps. He went for it. And it all went. Perfect. So boundaries are often blurred. And they're often about saying no. And they're often about taking on too much. And when they're blurred, we get really stressed because we're not sure 
what is going on. We're not sure we've done the right thing, which burns us out even more, and we end up in a right mess. Some of you, I'm sure, will have been through burnout. And I hope no, none of you are actually in it at the moment. If you are, you have all my sympathy. It comes of trying to make too much of your own head, of your logic. Heads are great things, wonderful things. I wouldn't be without mine for a moment. There are loads of things I couldn't do. But when I'm faced with a situation, as my client was, and I have been, I have been even this year, and I don't know what to do. And logically, it seems best to go that way. Friends are saying, do this. And something else is pushing me that way. And it's sort of like, oh, excuse me, guys. A bit of space. Now, team, I'm just going to sit with you for a minute, maybe with a cup of tea. And what do I do next? What is the most appropriate thing for me to do? For the good of this person and for the good of me, I came out with the first three steps of a plan. I kept in touch with the team every day. And the steps continued forward, forward, forward. And I got where I needed to be, which wasn't actually quite where I thought I was going at all. It was a bit different. But it's, it fits like a glove. And it's the sort of thing, oh, I'd never thought of doing that. I'd never thought of working this way. And now I'm actually doing it because I didn't think of it. And my thought process, my thinking process, my head process was not getting it. But because I let go of that and I let the team come in and work with my instincts and my intuition and my feelings, I ended up in the right place too. This is what I'm talking about. This is why my lovely slogan is go solo and never walk alone. Because I've always got my team. And my team have always got my back. And we work together like those amazing fungus in the roots of the trees in the wood wide web. We work like that. And my team is working with the teams belonging to other people that I know, other people that I work with, and that's all over the world. And we are on a network, a real network that really, really, really works. And it is very simple. It's not necessarily easy for everyone at first, but it gets easier the more you do it. I assure you of that. And you find that although boundaries get blurred, you can ask your team how to set off. What is the next thing I need to do? And you let go of the head and the logic. And you get this idea. Do this. And you follow it. And by all the gods, it works. So that's me talking about blurred boundaries and talking about how to work with your team and giving you a little bit, just a little sort of background story 
about what is happening with one of my clients at the moment and how their team has enabled things to work for them, both for them and their until recently estranged parent, and for them and their work situation. And it's all happening in ways that their head plans hadn't thought of. So, you want to go? Just DM me and we'll talk about it and we'll see what we can do together. So, how does that fit for you? Feeling good? Have a good weekend, have a good week, and I shall see you again next Friday with some more stories and tips and things that are going on in my life and with my clients that can help you. Bye for now. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope it pulled out some new ideas and new ways of looking at life, the universe and everything. And I'd love to know your comments, so do send them to me. Doing and being badassery is fun. It makes your heart sing. And that helps everyone. And it helps you put the soul back in your life and in your business. Business, when it's really working, is fun, full of badass reality and makes your heart sing. So let's stick all those rubbish old work ideas of toil and drudgery in the compost caddy. Let's recycle them into something fun and useful. That's what badassery is about, having fun and being useful. If you'd like more, get on my website, www.ellensentier.com. Sign up for my newsletters and check out my lives and vlogs. Let's get to know each other. Let's get together, have fun, grow your life and make your heart sing. Let's be real. Come on, let's light our fires.